You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Wednesday for you out there. It is still Tuesday for me, but regardless, you know what that means. The Locked On Wolverines podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network where it's your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And guess what? The call is coming from inside the house. That's right, because we've got WTKA's Matt Leach. Y'all know and love him. He is here wearing his Wakanda Forever, which, you know, got to do that for, for Quiddy. And, of course. Uh, which I, I, that reminds me, I still have a shirt to send Quiddy. I got a, I got I got Quiddy a um a Black Panther shirt. I think I sh- I might have shown it to you. I don't know if I did. Oh but yeah, no- I've seen that one. No, it's an awesome one. So I bought it like a month ago. I still haven't sent it to him. Probably should do that. Thank you for the reminder by your visual. I got you. Your your visage there. Anyway, we since since I last did a podcast, which was earlier today, uh, news broke uh about the defensive coordinator position for Michigan. Uh, and certainly by the time that this airs on Wednesday morning, uh, certainly could be obsolete news otherwise, but we'll, we're going to get into all of the, the, the change that we know has happened, the changes that we think are happening. Uh, things are certainly different than what I even knew earlier today. So that just goes to show how quickly everything changes, but, Leach, let's let's talk about your what are your first impressions of this uh, Jesse Minter hire? He comes aboard from Vanderbilt after one year of being the defensive coordinator there, and uh, but he comes from the Ravens tree uh, initially. I find it really funny watching going through uh, Twitter trying to get a reactions piece for for uh, Wolverines Wire, and I see a bunch of Buckeyes laughing because they think it's hilarious that Michigan went out and got a guy from Vanderbilt as if he didn't coach at with the Ravens. Yep immediately beforehand but what what are your thoughts about this hire uh, i like it i like it from the the sense like you said him being pretty much from that ravens coaching tree one year removed spent the year down at vanderbilt which i i have to admit the my my initial reaction wasn't quite as as hostile as i'm sure those buckeyes were but i just you know vanderbilt has been a, a bottom feeder of that sec for a long time so it just i knew i had to do a little bit more digging that there was more to the story than just that we were getting a defensive coordinator from, from Vanderbilt. So obviously you look at Je- Jesse Zinter's resume or excuse me, Jesse Minter's resume uh, and not only defensive coordinator at Vanderbilt last year, but spent, I believe it was four or five years with the Ravens on that defensive staff there with uh, coach John Harbaugh. And then you, you look a little bit deeper. He has served as a defensive coordinator, both at Indiana state, and Georgia State, so has at least some coordinator background under his belt compared to, you know, Mike McDonald, which was that that fresh face coming in with no real coordinator experience. Um, so I think that he is the the perfect kind of blend of a guy who's got that that experience, but then also keeps the continuity of the defense uh, from last year's scheme. So now the big question is: is can he inspire? Can he get this defense to buy in 
the way that Mike McDonald did, because you you just heard it from any of the interviews from the players. They loved playing for him and they they bought into him, his system and, and what he was what he was selling out there. So if if Jesse can get, I don't want to say half of that because I think it's gonna take a little bit more, but if if he can get 75, 80% of the buy-in that that Mike McDonald was able to get even though we lose two of the the best pass rushers in college football, there's so much talent coming back on next year's defense that I think it has a chance to do really well. And so I think that this is arguably, besides if they decided to keep one of the the guys in-house and promote them uh, to defensive coordinator, I think this was as close to uh, the best move that they could have made as possible. And they certainly, the the word on the street was that Jim Harbaugh wants to run the same defense that he had a year ago. And, uh, I think the consternation looking at some of the some of the accounts that I follow on Twitter that that deal more heavily into uh, breaking things down, uh, looking at Space Coyote from Breakdown Sports and uh, some others, Colin TJ, and they uh, their concern is they haven't seen Minter running in the cover seven, uh, which is what uh, really became a staple for McDonald's defense. But at the same time, I mean, I think that you're looking at a situation where you've got you've got a lot of sim, you know, players that did play last year, but you're not necessarily working with the same starting group, of course. So I think that there can be a little bit of leeway. Um, so th- I, I think it's, it's certainly I, I'm optimistic. And when you, when you look at a guy that rose through the ranks, the way that, that uh, Minter has, that's, um, and of, of course I don't mute my phone for my own podcast. Don't worry, folks. It was a spam call. It was important. I needed to find out if my if I you know can you know want to re up my auto warranty. Oh yeah, but uh, oh, and I I think one of the one of the not more underrated one of the nice features about this about this hire is obvious. There's very rare instances where you have to replace a defensive coordinator, and the guy you're replacing him with has a great relationship with them. Obviously, they spent a lot of years at the uh, Ravens together. So it is nice where I feel like Minter can come in. And if there were some schemes that he didn't run at Vanderbilt, if there were some things that Mike McDonald saw from his personnel that he saw from this defense, he's not further than a, a phone call away where he can say, hey, you know, break down what did work well for you? What did you see out of these guys that I'm not seeing? Or what scheme did you run where you thought you were able to utilize it? Not to say, um, you know, there's always bad relationships when coaches leave places, but having them having such a close relationship where from what I've come to together, that Minter was kind of like the number two guy from the Ravens that, you know, we almost brought him onto the staff here last season. Uh, that that continuity, which I think is the biggest part of this hire and what Michigan's trying to keep moving forward, because like you said, coach wants to run the same defense. It was obviously very successful, a lot quicker than people expected last year. They thought maybe by midseason, OK, now the defense could kind of round into shape. And it was almost from right out of the gate that they were one of the, the better defenses in the Big Ten and one of the better defenses around the country. So it does help a lot when you have those two studs up top. So. That is his biggest challenge. But like I said, with a lot of players that they have coming back, it might not be in that pass rush like it was last year, but I think some players at the defensive tackle position uh, should be more of a strength than it was on the defense last year. Linebacker and arguably in the secondary, I think we could have uh, a lot of talent that if they can't take that step forward, 
I see no reason why why Minter wouldn't be able to keep the defense. I don't want to say necessarily in like a top 10 range, but in a, a better half of the Big Ten. And I think one of the things that you, you have to keep in mind when it comes from, okay, was the 118th rated defense in the country last year at Vanderbilt. It's Vanderbilt. As people have pointed out, they essentially are a bad Mac team that plays in the SEC. Vanderbilt is not an SEC team that goes out and uh, just as far as talent and personnel-wise, they tend to uh, – they'll lose a couple of their non-conference games to no-name opponents. It was the first year for Clark Lee. It's going to take a minute for my old friend Barton Simmons to help the as the director of recruiting to bring in the talent that they need. So uh, it really anything that you're looking at that way is kind of moot. And hey, if, if you if you if you want to laugh, if you're a, if you're a Buckeye and you're listening to this and you want to laugh, haha, Vanderbilt. I I have to remind you that uh, one of your favorite coaches that you've had that turned around your rivalry came from a little place named Youngstown State. And by the way, Ryan Day came from Boston College, but initially, uh, and I'm, I have to look it up here, but uh, if my computer will work with me, and I don't think it will because I don't know how to use things. Um, but Ryan Day, I mean, he didn't have like this crazy, okay, he, he I mean, it was kind of similar, I guess. He went to the NFL for a couple of years after Boston College, but from, it was Boston College, well, Temple, Boston College, Temple, Boston College, Eagles, 49ers, Ohio State. So everyone has a different path. And I think it's, you can't really judge someone, a coach being at a bad, well, look at Cliff Kingsbury, I think is probably a great example. Did not do great uh, at Texas Tech. Got, you know, he seems like he's doing a heck of a lot better at Arizona, even though they got bounced early. Well, well, even what I try and look at with with coaches, because like you said, looking across the country, there are so many different circumstances, situations. Like you said, Vanderbilt, they the recruits that they pull in compared to the teams that they are going against in the SEC. Like you said, the numbers make sense when you start to look at them. But what I try and do when judging a coach is you look at the impact that they have from say the previous year or before that they got to that school. So I don't have the numbers in front of me. I was talking to Zach Shaw from 27, 24-7 Sports a little bit earlier, and he was talking about the, the, the passing yards went down, the QB rating went down, all of these defensive statistics went down from 2020, uh, down from 2020 to 2021. So they're, like you said, they're not the most eye-popping stats. But if you look at them compared to the, the year before, it's all an improvement. And so that's a lot of times when I'm trying to judge a coach, you look at how they do before a coach was there, how they do after a coach was there. And that's how you can truly, truly mark their, their impact because there's so many variables that, that go into all of these that it's hard to pinpoint. Not everybody can be a top 10 defense, a top 10 this, a top 10 that. So you've got to kind of try and read between the lines a little bit. But, hey, was that defense – a lot better in 2021 than it was in 2020. It, it certainly was. So, uh, yeah, sometimes you got to try and read between the lines a little bit when there are so many, there's so many coaches to choose from so many different talent pools. And like you said, so many different routes for a good coach to get there. I can hear you through the two floors, by the way, just so that's, it's a, an interesting little extra that we haven't had on the locked on Wolverines podcast where I haven't, the call hasn't come from inside the house ever before 
Uh, and the, anyway, well, let's continue on here uh, momentarily. We're going to move into the uh, the perspective changes that we think are probably coming down the pike, but have yet to be announced. But also before we do, uh, I do need to pay a few bills here. And for, in order to do that, I got to tell you about something that Leach, I know that you have seen my boxes upon boxes upon boxes of Built Bar. Uh, oh, yeah. Ne- yeah. Nevada steals them all the time from me. And uh, but so I anyway, for those who don't know what Built Bar is, it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is high protein, low calorie, low carb. Uh, it is everything that you want in a protein bar. And I have two at a time often because I am a glutton, but I don't feel bad about it because I can be a glutton with it because it's still less calories than a metrics big 100 or even I, I got another another brand today because I was running around was like, I haven't eaten today. Um, but uh, and I regretted the fact that I did not grab two built bars uh, because it is everything that I want. It's delicious. And I put my money where my mouth is. I have bought dozens of boxes of the delicious product. So go to built.com, use the promo code lock 15. That's built.com promo code lock 15. Get your next order of built bar. March madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we are back, and uh, we are going to continue on with WTKA's Matt Leach discussing some of the perspective changes because as far as everyone had surmised, uh, it uh, it appeared that it was going to be Matt Weiss that got the offensive coordinator role for Michigan, uh, which made all the sense in the world to me. I mean, he came from the Baltimore Ravens as well. Uh, Apparently, Michigan cannot operate without a bunch of Ravens people. I mean, granted, it's been that way for a while, even when Greg Madison, before he went all turncoat, uh, but you know, he was with the Ravens, you know, so it's not an unusual thing for Michigan under Jim Harbaugh to have this type of synergy. Uh, but, uh, it does not seem that he is going to be the offensive coordinator, according to, uh, from what I saw from Chris Ballas of the Wolverine, uh, it seems that, uh, you're going to see Sharon Moore get that, uh, offensive coordinator bump, Matt Weiss being the co-offensive coordinator, which is like what Sharon was this last year or Josh Gaddis was to Mike Loxley in Alabama. Uh, and then, uh, so you have that set and there's the other rumors that we, uh, we'll have to see if those come to fruition, whether that's, uh, Mike Hart getting the associate, he- uh, head coach designation, which doesn't really matter from positional standpoint. Uh, but then there's also the idea that Jay Harbaugh moves over to defense and Grant Newsom moves up to tight ends coach. And uh, Ron Bellamy moves over to wide receivers. That's a lot to, to take in. Uh, so let's start with the offensive coordinator presumed to be Sharon Moore. What are your thoughts on that? And how much do you like, not like uh, the fact that he would, because it, obviously it sounds like he'd be the offensive line coach still and the offensive coordinator. Uh, I, I love it because I love Sharon Moore. 
and what he's shown in his short time here in Ann Arbor. Um, Cause I, I remember going into last year where people, him taking over the offensive line, he's never been an offensive line coach. How's he going to do? And he's replacing uh, a very well-known coach who had done well, not only here at Michigan, but other schools as well. And he took that offensive line and, and put them in a position where they were the offensive line of the year. Ben, I think that was the first time at Michigan that they had won the, I think it was the Moore award but it's the first time that we've seen a dominant offensive line in a long time. So obviously I would love to keep him in charge of that, but he is uh, an emerging star in the coaching ranks. Uh, he, he has shown great promise. And so I, I was nervous when I heard that Matt Weiss might be promoted uh, above him and take that whole spot where I think Sharon has shown at least enough through this point where he, he at least deserves a crack at it. I don't know how they're going to break down the play calling between the two of them. If Sharon is going to take that, or if he is going to leave that possibly to, to Matt Weiss. So like you said, it's going to be interesting to see how it shakes out. Who's on the field, who's up in the booth, but I love both uh, Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss as coaches. They have proven in a short time, how capable they are. So we, we give Sharon the opportunity, give him not the, the co-tag, but just you are, you are the guy. And we have enough trust in you and enough faith in you that you will be able to not only run the offense or run the offensive line, but run the offense as a whole. So with that co-coordinator with Matt Weiss, like I said, I'm really curious of how exactly the responsibilities of play calling and things like that divvy out. But both of those guys are brilliant young coaches and I think have had a, a huge impact in might even have a bigger impact now with this bigger role. I'm really excited to see this offense with the talent that they have coming back. You would imagine most people could be pretty good with this, with this offense, with the talents, with the schemes that we already have put in place. But with these two guys, I think we have a chance to see what we did last year taken up to a, a whole nother level. So I am really excited about both those guys. It'll be interesting because certainly they, uh, I, I feel like Matt Weiss was more heavily involved in the offense than people really recognized a, a year ago, especially. And I said this on the show a couple of days ago, it's, it's, you look at the schemes that Michigan was running last year. Uh, it was much more like what a mixture of what we saw at Jim Harbaugh run at Stanford and what the Baltimore Ravens run and less of what Josh Gaddis was running in his first year. Uh, and especially like the second year had a little bit of little Harbaugh in it, but it kind of went away pretty quickly. So I'm really curious to see just that dynamic. Um, I think it's kind of the same. We're in the same kind of boat as almost we were the defense last year in a certain way of like, we'll see how it works. Uh, but like, I think it's, it's kind of almost difficult to screw up with how much talent you have. Uh, so if, if you can, if he can coach the offensive line the same way he did before and, uh, and they can get, because I, you know, that's not something we often see, uh, Tim Drevno, that was, that was his, his deal that didn't necessarily work out, but also probably too many cooks in the kitchen with, you know, him and Jed, then him and, uh, Pep and Greg Fry all at the same time. I mean, that, that was probably a little much. Uh, so, uh, now I'm curious to see how that works with, uh, uh, with Sharon, uh, the other proposed situations with, uh, anywhere you want to start when it comes to, to everything else I mentioned, whether it's Bellamy back to wide receivers, Jay to, to defense, Greg, uh, sorry, Grant Newsome moving up to uh, tight ends coach. What are your thoughts on those moves? Um, 
I I'm really curious where Jay where they're gonna find a place for Jay because he's had he had a great impact on on special teams last year. Um, and I'm just really curious where he's gonna what what nuance or what position group he ends up with, but has been an incredible recruiter for the university, has done a great job wherever he's been. So I'm kind of curious where he's gonna shake out on that defensive side. But with Ron Bellamy, I uh I've grown to love players coaching the opposite position of that they used to play because I just think it brings a very unique perspective. So I really loved him as the safeties coach. So I'm not, I'm not displeased with him going to the wide receivers. I think he is going to do an incredible job, but it was really, it was Michigan's old wide receiver coach, soup Campbell, where I always thought he was a wide receiver. And then all of a sudden I found out talking to him and Jamie Morris one day that no, Soup played on the defensive side of the ball. And I just think it gives a, a unique perspective. But uh, like all of these young coaches that we have, they are very talented. And I think if you give them the opportunity, pretty much, I want to say no matter what they're doing, but Ron Bellamy is going to do a great job no matter what position you have him coaching, whether it's safeties, defensive backs, wide receivers. I think he is a, a, another bright young coach that is going to hopefully be one that we can hold on to for a while because he's a guy that I think his name will start to be circulated a lot more as well. Grant Newsom, I think is one of the best stories in, in college football, you know, him going from being that top level prospect suffering an injury where not only he almost lost his leg, he, you know, it could have been so much more severe than that, but he, he picks himself up. He knows his playing days are done. He gets into the coaching ranks and, it wasn't that long ago that we were discussing him and his injury and everything that happened with him. And now already, once I heard that he was going to be uh, possibly promoted to the tight ends coach, I think that is an incredible story for that young man. He is, uh, if anybody who's been around him, I've only had a, a small chances or listened to some of the interviews. He's an incredible young man. And so I am very excited to see what he can do with the, with the tight ends. Uh, I know you mentioned Mike Hart possibly getting the associate head coaching tag, which is something I think it's, that's the, the toughest thing that Michigan is going to face now. One, because they're successful, but also two, because all of their coaching staff are young, eager coaches that they are going to want to be head coaches or they are going to want to move up the coaching ranks. So how do we keep all of these different guys happy? You know, I think that that could be a, a big step in trying to keep Mike Hart engaged and keep him around for as long as he can, because all of these coaches ha have had such a great impact in such a short time that we don't want to lose. We don't want to risk losing any of them. So uh, I would be all for that if we went ahead, because I know that he was a guy where he was talked about possibly the OC spot. He was even talked about possibly the head coaching spot if if Jim happened to leave. So. Uh, he is a guy, another guy where I talk about, you look at the impact that he's had at every school that he has been. Even you just look at Indiana's offense two years ago. They were pretty damn good. You look at Indiana's offense last year, weren't quite up to snub. And yes, I know Penix had the injury and he wasn't quite himself. But uh, again, you look at him, whether it was Indiana or Syracuse or Western, you know, all of the places he's been, he's had a tremendous impact. So uh, anything we can do to keep as many of these, these young coaches, I'm all for, like I said, Jay, we've, we've got to find a spot for him because more than anything, he's been way too valuable on the recruiting trail. He has been huge for, for Michigan. So I'm really curious to see how he's, uh, shaken out. But the, the thing that I am 
that I am happiest about is that we have been able to keep the majority of this young, great staff that we had that propelled us to a great year in 2021. The holes, and it's been a, a bit of a drama-filled past month, but we were able to fill the holes now with Jesse Minter coming in as the defensive coordinator. We've got uh, now the OC spot filled with Sharon Moore and Matt Weiss coming in at the co-coordinator spot. So for the most part, besides John Nua, Josh Gaddis, trying to think, is that is that it that we've lost from the, and then of course, Mike McDonald. Yep. That's the last one. So those are the three that we've lost from the staff last year. So inevitably when you're successful, you're going to have turnover. Uh, when you are, um, a young, a young coach, you are going to be looking to, to move on and move upward. So the fact that if we only lose three coaches from last year's staff, I think it will be great for a great promise or a great start for next year. And now it's getting these guys officially lined up now that we've kind of got things worked out, get their responsibilities and roll divvy up and it's time to get rolling. Cause as we heard from all of those great players on last year's team, January, February, that's when the team really came together, which helped propel them through a great off season and a great year. So we're a little behind the eight ball with uh, everything going on with coach, everything that's been going on around the program. So now that these are solidified, we need to get those roles divvied up because we got to get rolling. Spring ball is not too far away. Right. And uh, we're going to continue talking about exactly what you were just talking about that galvanization uh, and uh, any concerns that you may or may not have when it comes to uh, everything that's happened as far as things move forward. But before we do, uh, Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs, right? It's the big game in a couple weeks. Actually, it's next this week. You know, that's, that, that's the thing is I just read these things. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season is not just football. BetOnline is up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, finishing us out, uh, Matt Leach from WTKA. Uh, you can hear him every weekday uh, at 3 p.m. from 3 to 6 on uh they call it the m zone but let's and, and they say it's jamie morris's show but it's not it's matt leach's show jamie Mad zone ja jamie's mostly just napping through it and every now and again he wakes up and asks where he is and it's uh it's a whole thing and uh so anyway uh so so we're just for a couple more uh minutes here because we're we're dwindling on time here but uh what what are your thoughts uh, obviously, I know your thoughts, but uh, tell the people out there uh, what your thoughts are about everything that's transpired and your faith uh, or lack thereof that Michigan will be able to kind, kind of do like you just said, galvanize and being able to, to move forward because there's all these reports, some I believe, some I don't, uh, about uh, some fracturing within the program due to uh, Jim's dalliance with the NFL. But uh, what are your thoughts on where the program is and where you think it will go just kind of based off of it, are they able to, to kind of come together? Yeah, it, it's going to be a, a slightly, a slightly tougher task 
um, than it was last season because we don't quite have the rallying cry. And as, as horrible as that 2020 season was, I do think that that's part of what they were able to, to build off of. And we, we almost needed to go through that. We hadn't quite bottomed out like that in all of these years to really be able to galvanize and say like, that is just simply not acceptable. You know, a nine win season, a 10 win season, those are still pretty good, but we had it where we were able to really just say like, that's not us. And that, you know, guys like Aiden Hutchins, just Aiden Hutchinson just said, that's not the legacy I'm, I'm going to leave. And so uh, this year we were hoping that we could galvanize and rally around the success that we had last year, but that was, in part put on pause with coach interviewing. And there was, again, nothing he could really do with the timing of it. It wasn't like Jim Harbaugh could call up the Vikings and say, hey, we got to make this happen now, otherwise it's not happening. So it was an unfortunate circumstances. Uh, I do think that a few months from now, I don't want to say a few weeks, but soon enough, I think this will be much, much ado about nothing. Um, there will be some feelings hurt initially. Um, and I, but I do believe that everybody like JJ McCarthy, I've seen him come out with a few comments about being at Michigan and how important it is to him. Uh, everybody, once coach is back there, they will hopefully be able to understand where he was coming from, which I think most people will, even if you don't agree with how he went about it, I think you can understand where he was coming from. And I think the players, like everybody else, you, you've got to have uh, a bit of a short memory. You've got to have a bit of a tough skin to be successful no matter what the industry is. And if you're going to let your feelings get hurt where you're not going to be able to perform up to, up to snub or up to your capabilities, because you're, you don't think your coach is all in or this or that, then unfortunately you're not going to be too successful no matter where you go. So I do think it it's tough to get through now. Nobody likes to see our name being kind of dragged through the mud the way that it is, or, you know, people talking about us being drama, drama, you or different things that I've heard. But I do think that given it get into spring ball, the players will, I don't want to say completely forgotten about it, but it will be a, a complete a non-issue. It will be in the past at that point. And then I think once we get into the season and we get a few of those wins under our belt, people have talked about the non-conference schedule and how, how it is pretty easy this year. And even those first few Big Ten games tend to fall in, in Michigan's favor. Michigan goes 4-0, 5-0 to start the season and are looking as good as they did at the start of last year, I don't think anybody really, really thinks twice about it. So it is tough to get through now. It has certainly not been fun for the past month, ever since the end of that bowl game, where everyone expected Coach to sign a contract extension or be able to renegotiate the contract, and it didn't happen. So we were waiting and waiting, and then the interviews came about, and so it's been a tough month to get through but i do think months from now two months from now once we get into spring ball it will certainly not be an issue for the players i don't think it should be an issue for the fans at that point but even if they still are holding on to some of that resentment that hey coach took a look at the nfl and he was going to leave us if he had the chance and all the different things i think after you get about four or five wins under your belt and then you know you you give yourself a chance to, to be undefeated after you play michigan state you get a, you get a big win against a rival here at home you're able to you know they put together another successful season next year possibly not necessarily repeating as big 10 champs but still you win nine or ten games you have a very successful season next year i think most people will have put this put this in the past and put this in the rear view 
not me. Uh, I'm going to bring it up uh, in press conferences in week 10, 11, 12, 13. Uh, but that's, uh, that's just me. Um, I'm going to bring it up to every player. Be like, your coach abandoned you almost. How much? No. All right. That's, that's all I got. That's it. Um, that's, I say that, but I'm about to, I'm about to do Thursday's podcast here on a Tuesday, but it's Wednesday for you people, including, uh, including you leech, but not really. Anyway, thank you everybody for joining, uh, and watching and or listening. Uh, he was Matt leech from WTKA. Check out the M zone three to six on, uh, 10 50 AM. Uh, and y'all know who I am. So thanks for watching and or listening. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.